This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by patrons like Nintendork. I love that name. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar and get exclusive rewards at patreon.com slash run jump stomp. Episode 95 of Switchcraft is brought to you by OP Seat. If you're watching the video version of the show, you can see I'm sitting in an OP Seat and it is extremely comfortable. If I were to describe it, I'd say it's a lot more like a... Oh gosh, what's the word? A car seat than a desk chair. And it's very, very comfortable. Excellent lumbar support. And if you want to get a new uh, chair for your gaming setup, then I suggest that you use the coupon code RUNJUMPSIT at opseats.com for $10 off your chair. That coupon, coupon code is RUNJUMPSIT. Uh, I recommend these chairs. I think that they're really, really great. Let me ask you a question. What are you doing on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m.? Well, I'm going to answer your question with what you should be doing, and that's checking out the live recording of this podcast at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. I'd like to thank Vaxer, Kodiak Moonwolf, Bravd, T.F. Wagner, Uh, for showing up and hanging out with me today. I know that there's some lurkers out there as well, so I appreciate uh, everyone for joining us. Let's jump in with feedback. Um, We're going to start with a review on Apple Podcasts from One Iron Auto. I had to type his name uh, or her name uh, in three separate things because every time I see it, I kind of mash all of the letters together. Uh, But One Iron Auto, who I've seen in chat and in the the, uh, Discord many times, Uh, They said, I was told to leave a review. Great show, exclamation point. Much info, exclamation point. That one made me laugh. I really liked that. (laughs) Um, I also got an email this week from uh, Jeff Gigi. And if you want to send an email like Jeff did, uh, the email address is runjumpstomp at gmail.com. The email reads, RJS colon. I'm avoiding learning about Super Mario Odyssey. I've obviously seen it, and obviously it will be a day one purchase. Anyway, I was at the mall, walked into a GameStop, and noticed a Switch setup to be played, so I just tried it. It was already in a game, so I started playing in it, and it was Odyssey, and I'm like, wow, this is different. This is really great. I'm not sure what the secret sauce uh, they did to up their game, no pun intended, oh, okay, I was trying to figure out what the pun was, up their game, there we go, Uh, no pun intended. That's going to be an awesome game, but I'm going radio silent on it again, Jeff GG. Thanks so much for emailing me. I know how you feel. As somebody who is kind of knee-deep in um, Nintendo's Switch news all the time, it's tough because I also like to avoid spoilers for stuff like this. Luckily, I feel like Mario Odyssey has enough content that even though we've seen a lot of stuff, I feel like there's a lot more hiding out there that uh, we haven't been that hasn't been revealed to us yet. So I don't feel like I've seen too much, but I've seen more than I'd like. I guess that's the way I would phrase it. And keep in mind, uh, Edge Magazine when they reviewed it, they said that there are just as many Power Moons in Super Mario Odyssey as there are Korok seeds in Breath of the Wild. So. We've got a ton of content coming our way in just two weeks, and I, for one, am super excited. Uh, If you 
are someone who likes to use Twitter. You can get a hold of me there at Run Jump Stomp. You can also call and leave a voicemail. Uh, that's 260-RUN-JUMP. That's 260-786-5867. And, of course, join our Discord. We're always having fantastic conversations about there, not just about Nintendo. We talk about all kinds of stuff in there. Uh, and if you want to sign up uh, for the Discord, that's runjumpstomp.com slash Discord. Um, let's start with some news. Those of you lucky enough to have a SNES Classic, I want you to look at the back of the box. And there's a game on the back of the box called Secret of Mana. Now, what you might not know is that Secret of Mana is getting a remake, and it's by Square Enix, of course. And um, there was an interview from Red Bull Games. Uh, They were interviewing the producer of the game, Masaru... Oimata, I probably butchered that, sorry about that, and the remake is coming out next year for PS4, PC, and PS Vita, however, it looks like the Nintendo Switch is going to be left out. When asked why that is, um, Oimata responded that um, development for the title began before the Switch was announced, so it was definitely beyond our expectations to see a level of anticipation for the release on the platform grow this much. So what they're basically saying is, look, we started working on this, but I mean, games take a long time to make. And we started working on this game before they announced the switch. And we looked at the switch and we said, okay, well, we'll stop and see what, or we'll, we'll look and see what happens. But right now we're going to push forward and not make any changes. And they did not anticipate the idea that the switch would be quite as popular as it is. I know that square was, in there from the from the they they hit the ground running with the switch, um, but that doesn't mean that they're going to commit every single property to the switch. Um, he went on to say, in terms of our current circumstance, we're unable to immediately state that this will become available on the switch, but we hope to continue listening to the various requests from our fans. Okay, so they're still listening. That doesn't mean it's not coming to the switch. But what I think that they're doing is they're saying, look. We're already on this development roadmap. If we start bringing in stuff to to port it to the Switch now, it's going to slow down the other two, uh, two, three, the other three platforms, PS4, PC, and the Vita. That's not to say that the game is not coming to the Switch. They're just not going to make any commitments. And my guess is what they want to do is they want to get those games into um, on sh- on store shelves so that they can recoup the costs of making the game, and then maybe they can invest some of that money that they make from recouping those costs into back into development of a Switch port. This is going to be the thing that we're going to see with the Switch a lot. There are a lot of game companies out there that looked at the Switch and they said, well, the Wii U was a disaster. We kind of we, we uh, kind of skipped out on the Wii at the beginning, and it sold like gangbusters. So then we all jumped in on the Wii, And then when the Wii U came out, we all jumped in on the Wii U and it sold abysmally. And hence our games also sold abysmally. So they were looking at the Switch and they said, I think we're going to wait and see. And we're not going to put anything out right away. And a lot of people look at the launch of the Switch. It's been a little over six months now. It's the Nintendo is killing it with the marketing. The Switch is flying off shelves. Stores can't keep them uh on the shelf at all 
And a lot of gamers are like, where are these huge third-party titles? Well, they're not coming yet. Maybe we'll get them down the road, but you got to understand that making a game takes a lot of time. And because it takes so much time to make a game, they can't just turn on a dime and spit out a crappy port. They want to they want to do a good job, I think. And they want to do a good port. And I'm hoping that if we do see a Secret of Mana remake come to the Switch, then it'll be a good port instead of one that they rushed just to get out on shelves. That's a mistake that we've seen happen in the past where we've seen uh, bad ports by third-party developers coming, bringing their games to the Switch after the fact because they just wanted to rush and get it out uh, to try and make some some quick money, whereas they, they just didn't take their time like they should. And so I'm, I appreciate the fact that right now it seems like the big AAA games are not coming to the Switch outside of Nintendo stuff and indie stuff. But is if that means that the ports that we get later are going to be higher caliber, higher quality, then I think it's good. And if you really want to play Secret of Mana, then I would recommend that you um, get a Super Nintendo Classic for now. And I know uh, there's a, a lot of people out there that are like, well, I can't find a Super Nintendo Nintendo Classic. I think that Nintendo is going to be um, restocking quite a lot over the next few months uh, in into next year. And we're going to be able to, if you want a Super Nintendo Classic, I, I think the way that, the, way that it, the launch of the SNES Classic has gone, I think that you're going to be able to find one eventually. All right, let's move on. Monopoly is coming to the Nintendo Switch on Halloween, and you're going to say trick-or-treat. And I'm going to leave it up to you to decide if you think it's a trick-or-treat, but I think it's a trick because this game costs $40. For Monopoly. $40. That is an insane price. I think that Monopoly should be sold at $5, maybe $8, $10 at the absolute highest. But $40 for Monopoly on the Switch is crazy town. And I guarantee that I won't touch that game. I'm not really a huge Monopoly fan anyway, but... $40 is way too much. Now, I might change my tune if, and only if, the game includes the version of Monopoly that I played with my buddy Bravd, who's actually in chat the other day. He came over and he brought Monopoly Gamer. And uh, we played through that, and it was a lot of fun. And I said to him at the time, I said, if this is not included in Monopoly for the Switch, then they're doing it wrong. Uh, because they really made it a much more fun game. Uh, in Monopoly Gamer, basically, as you go around the board, you can, um, like, different characters will have different abilities. So um, you can throw a green shell, and uh, Yoshi can throw the green shell forward or backward. And uh, if the green shell hits somebody, they drop coins and they drop them on the the board spaces. So as you go around the board, you can pick up the coins as you go. And it really kind of makes the game, and I think Brav summed it up perfectly, it makes the game feel like a cross between Mario Party and Mario Kart. 
and then every time somebody passes go, there's a boss fight, which is kind of cool. And everybody wants to make sure that they kill the boss, but you got to pay coins to fight the bosses. And it really made a game, which I don't care for, really fun. And I had a lot of fun playing Monopoly Gamer. But $40 for Monopoly on the Switch is insanity to me. And I just want to know if there's anybody out there who thinks it's a great idea. Please, please let me know. I want to hear from you. Runjumpstomp at gmail.com. I'm looking at chat right now. Dr. Panda... PhD can hardly believe it. He says, what the heck? That's double the board game price. Um, Bravd says, Monopoly Gamer is essentially Mario Kart Monopoly. He is correct. It is. Well, anyway, that's the price. It's coming in October 31st, and it's certainly not a treat. Go Nintendo has a quote from the boss of Xbox, Phil Spencer. Uh, He says, We talk to Sony all the time. With Minecraft on PlayStation, we we have to be one of the biggest games on their platforms in terms of sales and gameplay. Same with Nintendo. The relationship with Nintendo on this front has been strong. They've been great supporters, and we continue to collaborate with them. But I think Sony's view is different. They should talk about whatever their view is. So it almost feels like he's calling them out for Sony's decision to not play nice with the Xbox and um, Nintendo Switch um, cross-platform network play. So right now, if you did not know, they released a Better Together. uh, It's called the Better Together Update. They really need better names for their updates, I guess. Just call it by whatever number it is, like 1.7.4.6 or whatever. Uh, But anyway, the Better Together update um, made it so that you can play your Minecraft game with people on PlayStation if you're on the Switch. Or not PlayStation, for crying out loud. That's the only one you can't play with. So everybody that you can play with, you can play with people on Xbox, people on Switch, People on the PC, not the Java version, the Windows 10 version. Um, That's the one without all the mods and stuff. Um, Your iPad, your Android phone. All of these have the Better Together update. And so you can do cross-play on all of them. And uh, for for those of you that didn't know, when asked about this, Sony said, um, we want to protect our, our customers from other gamers that might behave badly. That was their reasoning for not joining in with the Minecraft goodness. And, you know, I can't even believe that they said that because it's obvious that their reasoning is, is we've got the biggest platform right now and we don't need to collaborate with anybody in order to succeed. And that's not good for gamers, Uh, So I like that Phil Spencer is calling out Sony on this and they absolutely should talk about what their view is because uh, um, Kodiak Kodiak Moonwolf in chat says, uh, does comic book guy impression worst excuse ever? Uh, So I like that. Uh, Yes, that is the worst excuse ever. It's ridiculous. And Sony needs to come clean and either be honest and say the real reason because we just don't want to share our toys with you. Or change your mind and play nice with others. Come on, Sony. Come on. 
Real quick before we get to the rest of the show, I wanted to take a second and I wanted to talk about games that have, for some reason, disappeared. I don't know where they've gone, but they're games that were announced either at the Switch launch or shortly after. And we haven't heard anything from in a really long time. Uh, The first one that comes to mind for me is Pocket Rumble. If you don't know what Pocket Rumble is, it's available on Steam. And it's a 2D fighting game. um, Very 8-bit, 16-bit style. Kind of halfway in between, maybe 13 bits. um, Or I guess 12 bits would be the right thing. Uh, So just halfway in between. And it's, you know, low number of colors... Very uh, simple controls, fighting game where positioning and timing are far more important than uh, execution of special moves. And this is a game that I was super excited for when it got announced for the Switch. In enough so that I said, well, I'm not going to buy it on Steam because I want to play it on the Switch. And it's also a game that's perfect for the Switch because you can detach the Joy-Cons, hand one to somebody, and you still have all of the buttons that you need in order to play the game uh anywhere you want plus you're not playing split screen because it's a 2d fighter well we haven't heard anything and i don't think we've heard anything in a really long time i believe the last time that we heard anything was at was at the beginning of june um or no i think it was june 2020th i believe and the reason i know that is because the first day of summer is june 21st and they had said we would get the game out before summer, and then it just never came. And on June 20th, the day before the first day of summer, they said uh, we have to delay the game. We just haven't heard anything since then. Uh, another game that comes to mind for um, for the Nintendo Switch that we haven't seen is Payday 2. Uh, Payday 2 is another game that's on Steam, and it is a multiplayer bank heist kind of game where it's a shooter. And a lot of people were really surprised when it got announced for the Switch. I know I was. Uh, It's not a game that I am really itching to get, but it's another example of a game where we just haven't heard anything in a really long time. So I'm not sure what's going on with those two games. Are there any other games out there that were announced for the Switch that we haven't heard anything, like stuff that you guys haven't haven't heard of or something that I'm forgetting? Uh, Let me know. Well, excuse me, princess. So since the last episode, I've been playing two games mostly. Uh, One of them has been Yono and the Celestial Elephants. And this is a game that is a lot like um, traditional Zelda games, not like Breath of the Wild. Uh, It has a top-down, kind of a three-quarters isometric view. And um, you play as an elephant... And the world has not seen elephants in a really long time. And they're supposed to be harbingers of peace and uh, good stuff like that. And um, let's let's just get right into the good, the bad, and the broken. Um, when I was playing this game, the things that I noticed, and my son was kind of watching me the other day. And he told me the, the, the first thing that he said. He goes, man, this reminds me of Skylanders. And I didn't really see that same, because Skylanders is really more like a Gauntlet-style game than a Zelda-style game. Um, but as I was playing it, he was looking at it, and he said, did the person who made, because he, he he, you know, he's nine, so he seems to think that like one person made all of these games, or, or made a, a game by themselves. And he said, did the same person who made Zelda make Yono? 
And I said, no, what makes you say that? He goes, well, there's a lot of things that are similar, uh, you know, like you're breaking pots and things like that. And you, you got to step on a platform in order to change the puzzles. Um, so, you know, he, he immediately made the connection that it kind of looked like a Zelda game. And I mean, in fact, it's it's so much like a Zelda game that you can get you can unlock costumes at like a store for your for your character, not for real money, for in-game currency. And the costume, one of the costumes that you unlock looks like Link's stuff, the green gear with the hood and stuff. Um, Some of the puzzles were were pretty fun to figure out. And I, I feel like that this is a game that would be a good challenge for younger kids. Um but there's definitely some issues with it. The characters, when, I, when I'm when i looking at especially Yono, I feel like the shading on him doesn't really land. And so it almost makes him feel like he's not part of the world that he's walking around in. Same thing with his, with, uh, his character animation. Uh, it doesn't feel like there's any weight to it. And the music and the sound effects are all just kind of dull. And honestly, I really don't like the music in the game at all. Um, and the combat in the game that I did experience is pretty boring. Um, now, the game is not about combat, so that's fine. But it, I think it would be better if it's just going to be only... Um, you know, if it's going to be not fun combat, then just take the combat out entirely and just make the game only about the puzzles. And I think that that would be better. Basically, I just found the combat to be dull. Um, so we've got the good, we've got the bad, now the broken. This is really weird, and I've never had this experience on any other game. But if I am using my pro controller and I start the game, my pro controller will unpair from my Switch. And so now it won't connect anymore. And so then I got to take the Joy-Cons off, reconnect my, go back to the home screen, repair my um, Pro Controller to the Switch, and then try and get back to the game, it loses its connection again. And it only happens with Yono and the Celestial Elephant. So there's definitely some issues on this. If you've got young kids that are playing the Switch, I would say, you know, probably somewhere between 7 and 11 I think that they would probably enjoy the game, but for me, it's a, it's a pass and I didn't enjoy it very much. It's not a bad game. It's just not for me. And I think that it's not supposed to be for me. I think it's supposed to be for younger kids. And I didn't really understand that when I first saw it. So, um, you know, hopefully they, they can fix some of the issues that I've noticed and especially the pro controller issue. Um, but right now I would say hold off on this game. Another game that I played uh, since last episode is Tiny Barbarian DX. And I'm just going to tell you right off the bat, this game is fantastic. I love Tiny Barbarian DX on the Nintendo Switch. Super fun game. Let's talk about We've got the good, the bad, and the broken. Uh, the good. Uh, the art style in this game is really cool. It's, again, it's one of those games where you're kind of halfway between the 8-bit and the and the 16-bit era, um, it like it, it uses the style, but with a little more panache, I guess. Uh, so I really like the art style. The art direction is very good. The animations are fantastic. Uh, your character, if you leave him alone for a little bit, he'll just start flexing, uh, showing off his muscles. 
And in fact, there is even a uh, an attack, or it's not really an attack; it's more of a defense, where he will just flex to reflect project or not reflect, but bounce uh, reflect. Not ugh, I can't talk. Bounce projectiles off of him so that they don't actually do harm or knock somebody away. Um, the music is awesome, and I'm going to find out if I can find this on uh, Soundtrack because it's really, really good, good chiptunes music. And it's got really great controls, uh, pixel-perfect controls, which are really important because you got to make really good jumps. you got to attack at exactly the right time. Um, you can even customize the controls. It's just two-button controls, by the way, attack and jump, and then the D-pad, and that's it. Um there's lots of different secrets to find. Like I finished the first um, section. Uh, so the game is basically, how do I want to say this? The game is broken into uh, four sections or maybe it was five sections, I think. And in the first section, there's a whole bunch of different worlds. It almost shows like a ghosts and goblins kind of world map to show you that you have to move across these the, these areas right before you go through the areas. So I finished that first chapter off, and um, when I got done, it was like, number of diamonds found, zero. And I was like, what? Like, I missed on all kinds of secrets that that the game showed me afterwards that I would have to go back and find. So there's a lot of secrets to find, like breaking blocks or climbing chains that go up uh, higher than the screen, so you can climb up and find some food up there. Um I love every time a video game developer gives me the option to control my volume of the game separately so I can control the sound effects and the volume of the music separately. And most of the time I would turn the music completely off and listen to my own music. But this stuff I left on because the I I know I said this already, but the music in Tiny Barbarian is amazing. Um, Let's see what else. Um, Let's see. uh, Boss fights. Boss fights were really, really great. I died quite a few times on the boss fights, but I always felt like it was my fault. It wasn't because the game like cheesed out on me. So when you die in this game, you know that you've made the mistake and it's not your fault. Or it, it's not the fault of the game. It's the fault of you just not being good enough. Um, I've said this before on the show, but I, it's an important point to make, is that the D-pad on the Joy-Cons is really, really good for side scrollers like a lot of people looked at it and and I know that a lot of people disagree with me but I feel like the the d-pad on the Joy-Cons is a very good d-pad it's not the traditional d-pad that people are used to and I think that's why it gets a lot of kickback but I think it's great um there's a lot of good variety in the level design as well so you can do like side scrolling stuff and then vertical scrolling stuff and then there's elevator levels um, there's like racing levels where not like racing against, um, you know, for lower time or anything, but like you're running across the screen as fast as you can. I think that there's a lot of good stuff about this game. It's not perfect though. There's some bad stuff. You aren't instructed at all in how to play and you have to figure out what moves the the barbarian has on his own. Um, I can't figure out how to get some of the combos that I that that happens sometimes. So like sometimes my character will do a jump with a spin and there's a sword coming out and I don't know how I'm pulling that off. Like I haven't been able to figure that out. Uh, there's a couple other things that, that just aren't explained to you at all. 
Uh, one thing that's awesome that I almost forgot about is at the very beginning of the game, before the title screen comes up, uh, you are on this big, tall platform, and the monsters are crawling up the side of the platform and attacking you, and the game doesn't actually start until you die. And then that that like scene pans down, and the words Tiny Barbarian pop up, and then you hit start, I think, or plus, and it takes you into the game. Which is really cool. Like it's so weird that you're playing the game before the game starts, which is is neat. Uh, they actually have a horde mode. Not, well, horde mode implies. Well, no, okay, yeah, they have a horde mode and multiplayer as well. So I guess there's more good stuff than bad. Uh, the bad stuff um, is that feeling when you have only one health left and you just absolutely know there's no way I'm going to make it to the end of this level. I feel like the checkpoints are just a little bit too far apart. I would have liked um, like a, a checkpoint halfway through each one of the little sections. Because basically the way the game works is you run across or, or up. Or you go from one side of the map to the other, basically. And when you get to the other side of the map, you never have to do that again. But I would like a checkpoint like halfway through so that I wouldn't... Like if I die at the very end, which happened to me a lot. I don't have to go all the way back and to the very beginning of that section again because that's that can be really frustrating. Um the up and down flying there's there's these bats that fly up and down like this in the game. They really remind me of Medusa heads from Castlevania and I really hated Medusa heads from Castlevania. So I really hate these stupid flying bats and they killed me a whole bunch of times. Um the game doesn't really use HD rumble very much. I mean, there's there's some rumble, but it just feels like just regular rumble. And that's too bad. I always like it when developers uh, bring in the, um, the things that make a Nintendo console a Nintendo console. Um, the game is multiplayer, so you just pop off the Joy-Cons and there's only two buttons, so you're perfectly fine. Um, each player playing on their own controller there. Uh, but if you're going to get this game, be ready to be frustrated. The game requires some perfect blocks, perfect dodges, perfect jumps. Um, and so we've gone over the good and the bad, the broken, my controllers, because the game is very, very frustrating. It's a hard game, but it's really good. And you, whenever you fail at the game, you know that it's your fault and not the game's fault. So I very highly recommend Tiny Barbarian DX for the Nintendo Switch. I do think that $30 is a bit much for it. I think that probably 25 but at the end of the day, it's five extra bucks. And I think that this developer deserves it. So uh, good job on Tiny Barbarian DX. Let's hit the lightning round. And that brings us to the lightning round. In the lightning round, I talk a lot less and just give you the quick headlines in order to get through them because there's always so much Switch news to talk about. Uh, let's start off. Crazy Justice is um, this weird third-person shooter um, MMO with Fortnite-style building blocks, and they have revealed via a tweet that it will be cross-platform multiplayer. So that means you're going to be able to play with people. Let me just click on the link real quick. I want to make sure I get this right. It's loading slowly. Here we go. Uh, so if you're on the Switch, you can also play with people on the PC and Xbox One. Um, again, look who's absent. We are missing, of course, Sony. 
Although I don't know if the game is on Sony, but if it is, it looks like they're still not playing nice. This is an interesting story. Popular Science gives Nintendo the award for Entertainment Innovation of the Year for the Switch, but, I mean, it's only October, so we've got a whole nother two months before the end of the year. Uh, It's a little early, I think, for Popular Science to be giving out an award like that, but, I mean, who am I to tell them to run their business? Uh, two or NBA 2K18 has been patched for the Switch only one day later than the other platforms. The patch notes are linked in the show notes, and holy cow, there are a lot of changes. So if you have that game and you are interested in what's going on, check out the link in the show notes so you can read them, read up on it. I will say that I did hear that some of the lag issues that people have had in NBA 2K18 have been fixed by this patch, uh, but I don't have that game, so I don't know. Speaking of sports ball games, FIFA is limited to only four players on the Switch locally, while other consoles have eight players. This is not something that I realized before. That's kind of irritating because the Switch supports up to eight controllers, so there's no reason for this really, except for it sounds like EA is just passing on, you know, I'm they're just phoning it in, it almost feels like. I do know that... Uh, a buddy of mine who bought the game, he he is very unhappy with it, and I guess he ended up returning it as well. Um, so I think that EA didn't do a very good job on this port to the Switch. Uh, it, it plays okay, but there's bugs, and the, the extra features are lacking. Um, here's something that's not good news, but not totally unexpected. WWE which is the wrestling game, 2K18, requires a 32 gigabyte SD card to download. So that means you cannot play the downloadable version of this game without an SD card. I know a lot of people are unhappy about that, but I just want to remind people that we have games that are that require a hard drive for the PS4. We have games that require a, a, a bigger hard drive for the Xbox One. Uh, so... Well, I don't know about the Xbox One, but I'm pretty sure that can you play Final Fantasy XIV without having a, a bigger hard drive on the PS4? Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think you can. Let me know. Uh, anyway, that's that's a that's a large game for a wrestling game. I'm not sure why. That's probably lots of different audio stuff that they're including on there. Um, but that's going to tick some people off, and I hope, hopefully it is clearly marked on the box so that if somebody... Oh, wait, there won't be a box. It's a download. Hopefully it tells you that before you pay when you go to download it from the eShop. All right, let's, uh, let's do the coming soon. The next episode of Switchcraft comes out on the 17th, and there's nothing coming out before the 17th, but on the 17th, Rogue Trooper Redux or Redo, I don't know how to say that. And Don't Knock Twikes, Twice, Twikes? <laughs> uh, don't Knock Twice are both games that are coming out on the 17th for the Nintendo Switch. That is all the time that we have for today. If there's a story that I missed or a topic that you would like discussed, let me know. Uh, if you're looking for ways to support the show, you can do so by heading on over to runjumpstomp.com support. There you will find links to my wife's Etsy page where she sells uh, fabric-related geek goodness. Uh, you can join the Patreon at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. You can also just do me the favor 
of reviewing the show on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice or just sharing the show with a friend. Uh, thank you to Noteblock and Tom Winter for the use of their music. Please check out their YouTube channels. They make fantastic video game related music that is just all kinds of rad. Uh, so anyway, I'm out of here and I'll see you guys on Tuesday. Bye-bye. Switchcraft is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the publisher and distributor of the world's largest selection of digital audiobooks and spoken word content. Audible customers can listen anytime and anywhere to professionally narrated audiobooks across a wide range of genres, including bestsellers, new releases, sci-fi, romances, classics, and more. Get two free audiobooks to start. After 30 days, if you decide to cancel, you get to keep the books. If you decide to stay on, and you probably will, get one book every month for $14.95. In addition, you also get 30% off the price of additional audiobook purchases. Cancel anytime. Your books are yours to keep even if you cancel. You can sign up today for your free 30-day trial at runjumpstomp.com audible and directly support the show. 